and welcome to a bat-filled episode of Zing This. You got me, Vengeance Zinger. And me, Ellie. And you got me, Commissioner Berg. Perfect. Awesome. So yes, we will get into the Batman later because we got some other stuff to discuss first. We got some other stuff. There's been a release of a trailer. Of a trailer that set the record for the closest to release date that the first trailer was ever released. Yes, I'm talking about Thor Love and Thunder. Ellie, I'm going to give you the opportunity to, to, to step up first to the plate and let us know what you think. Now, now I know there's a lot of pressure here. I know there's a lot of pressure. I know you're all excited about talking about the Batman and the Robert Pattinson a little bit. But can you put all that aside to focus on Thor Love and Thunder? I'm really excited about the Lego sets. And Eric, do you want to give your and, opinion to and Ellie? The, and, and the trailer looks cool, That's going to be some too. really cool Lego sets. I know, right? Exactly. God, you're worthless. <laughs> um, no, no, no. There is some cool Lego sets coming out. Um, Ellie, your, your actual opinions, though. Um, I remember watching the trailer, and I was talking to you, and I was like, uh, is there, like... Uh, so, so Thor's just kind of finding himself. Yep. Um, is that what the movie is? <laughs> well. But it looks really, I mean, it looks fun and it looks cool, but yes. So, Eric, your, your, tell you what, Eric, your opinion. I, I'm excited. I'm super excited for this. Um, I, there are so many moving pieces going on with just some of the cameos we've seen or summer cameos, summer characters. I mean, you get the Guardians in there. You've got... Jane Foster Thor, um, we get our, our back glimpse of Zeus. Um, I'm very excited to see how all these pieces come together. And I mean, I love Ragnarok, so I, I know that this is in good hands again. And uh, yeah, I just, and, and it looked just super, Ragnarok to me had a very like distinct color palette. Mm. And that really made it pop and make it visually an interesting thing and this kind of seems to continue that it doesn't have your typical realistic tones or your kind of gray muddy tones i mean this has a very colorful look to it and it really makes it stick out so i'm excited to see how all this comes together i think at the very least it's gonna be a visual treat for the eyes but i i have high higher hopes on that so so there has been a comic i have been bugging la to read um for the show or just in general. And I if if I can convince her to read it, then maybe I can convince Eric to read it. But it's called um it's it's a two part comic. I'm, gra- I'm I'm physically holding it. See there you can hear the Yeah, some some great Foley work <laughs> right there. Uh Thor God of Thunder, the God Butcher by Jason Aaron. It was his start on a Thor run that he did for a very long time. But this Thor um comic basically is about introducing Christian Bale's character of the God Butcher. And there are frames from this comic that are featured in the trailer. And I even posted it on on Instagram and Twitter. And then everybody else posted it on Instagram and Twitter. So (laughs) I was not ahead of the curve on this one. But I'm excited for this because this is a great comic. I know they're not going to... Because in the comic it deals with three different versions of Thor, one in the past, one in the present, one in the future. 
I don't... So is this Thor the Christmas Carol? Well, you have Thor before he wields Mjolnir. You have Thor, like, current in the the comics Thor. And then you have, like, King Thor, where okay. he's, like, the last Asgardian left. And, like, okay. he's, like, all alone. And he's basically become the new Odin because he lost an eye. And as a... <laughs> the, the destroyer, you know, the big the big robot thing. Yes. He has that for one of his arms. Like, like he took one of the destroyer's oh. arms and put it on. Like, his his arm got cut off, so he wow. has that. It's, it's really cool, and there's a moment where Thor has two Mjolnirs and is wielding them both at the same... It's, Holy crap. Like I said, why are you not reading this? And, and you've got... And you got gore going around killing every... No, it sounds everyone. actually really cool, so... so how much of this is going to actually spill into... And to give you credit, you talked a bit th- about this. I don't know if it was on the podcast, but to me personally, you talked about this and thought that that's what this was going to be a long, Which long is why I was ago. bugging you and bugging you about <laughs> reading it so we could cover it so I could be like, we were ahead of the curve on this one. Because the I, second... Uh, you, you, you... I've heard you talk about this too. Absolutely, yeah. You, yeah. You, 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 you called it. Yes. Yeah. No. 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 It's it's me sitting there surrounded by a ton of string, maybe maybe setting up elaborate. Po- you know what? You know what I did wrong, Ellie. What? I didn't separate. I didn't put out elaborate riddles that involved you ripping up carpets, and um, oh, that is true. And and putting your hand in the back cages and putting one of the kids' heads in a rat trap. Whoa! Thing. No! No! Whoa! <laughs> If, if I had done all that, you would have been like, well, if he had a point, we'll get to the Batman eventually. <laughs> Anyways, okay. I'm excited about this because this is a great story. Is it going to be a one-for-one adaptation? I can guarantee you it will not be. But it's going to have this. Also, the two goats that are pulling the like ship thing, I if they talk, it will make my day. And I've heard rumors that they will be talking Go- talking cosmic goats. Do they talk in the comics? Please. No. Okay, I was just Not wondering. to the best of my knowledge, okay. but they do talk. Like, some of the mythology kind of emphasizes oh. that they can speak. Okay. And it, it's just please, something. Please that... be voiced by Keen Peel. Oh, my God. <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> and, 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 no, it would work for a Taika Waititi. It, 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 oh it seems God. perfect. That, like, that, like any other any other Marvel director that they've had so far or that we've known of, like it would seem out of place. But for Taika Waititi, that would be like one of the more normal things to yeah, happen, probably. Absolutely. <laughs> well, also we are getting the return of uh, Sam Neill, Matt Damon, that whole uh, acting crew for um, apparently another uh, of the Asgardian players reenacting the amazing. The, the events of Ragnarok, oh, and I'm trying to remember okay, what her yeah, name I did is. Like that. What her name is, but she's going to be Hella for that. It's the one. It's it's um. She was in the Ghostbusters. Kristen Wiig or um, the other one. Oh, well, there's four. Kate McKinnon. Oh, I think it's the other one. Oh God. <laughs> um. God. Who was the other one? Melissa McCarthy. Uh, Melissa McCarthy. Okay, I, th- yes, I think, I think yes. it's Melissa McCarthy <laughs> is going to be Hell. I got points. Oh, well, that's fantastic anyway. That's actually, that's, yeah, that's that. Like I said, that's the rumor I've heard. And as for casting rumors, you did mention Zeus. 
Russell Crowe. Um, Russell Crowe, yeah. Which, once again, leads me to say, why have we not done a Gladiator episode of Zingness? Because, well, there's too many cuts of it, but also... We I just... mean, I'm bored for it. I'm, I'm on I'm board for it. I'm, I'm absolutely down to do a Gladiator episode, yeah. including talking about the crazy-ass sequel that never got made. Oh, man, I've, I've heard rumors we, that I've... We I've... have to talk about that, because that's as interesting as the movie. <laughs> yes. We yes, could do a, a double feature. <laughs> what, of... of... Do do Thor Love and Thunder and Gladiator? Well, I meant Gladiator and the sequel that never got made. Yes. Yeah. At at some also there God, I don't want to promote this too much. There is an episode of Knights of Vader where we discuss like the original plot for Aliens 3. Oh. And apparently it was supposed to take place on a planet that was like basically built from wood. And like it's it's one of those things that like you say the words out loud and you're like this got to the point where it's being written about on IMDb and stuff. This wasn't like some crazy like what like this was to the point where it was becoming a conceptual there's conceptual artwork for this which conceptual artwork will come in later in the Batman. Wow. Anyways, okay. needless to say, we are excited about Thor: Love and Thunder. I'm I I, I think one of, one of my favorite moments was him working out with the whole, like, him doing the chains and everything. Yes. Yeah, that I, was cool. They had to show and how he gets back into Avenger. shape. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I also like that they're... I, I don't think the Guardians are going to be in this that much. I think they're going to be in the beginning a lot. And yeah. it's going to be him going on a journey. But I like the interaction between him and Star-Lord. Because mm-hmm. I am 100% sure... All of his outfits that he has in the initial part are him stealing those from Star Lord and cutting them up and stuff. <laughs> I I have a theory because oh. they look vaguely Star Star Lord esque, so it looks nice. like he probably took them and like cut them up and made like a prior point to be like, oh, well, my arms wouldn't fit in the sleeve, so I had to cut them off. That's fantastic. So I I can just see him overstaying his welcome with the Guardians and that being like an early joke in it. So I'm excited for this. I cannot wait for it, and I, I, I'm I'm also on board because we do see Thor in classic costume with, like, the weird yellow and black um, shoe boot things running and everything. So, comic accurate costumes, I'm on board for it. I am on board for it. Um, quick side note before we get into it, a little bit more Marvel stuff. Mm-hmm. Eric, Moon Knight, yay or nay right now? No spoilers, please. No spoilers, but yay or nay. I do not know what the heck is going on, but I mean that in the best way possible. It is crazy and insane, and I'm very excited. There's two episodes left as of this recording. Yep. I don't know where they're going to go with it, but I am I'm still along for the ride. I am. I am as well. I just wanted to point that out real quick to a quick, because I know we've been having that come out normally. We did, like, the little sides for the other stuff. Mm. So for this one, I did want to put a quick little side to say, hey, it's out there. I'm excited about it. Also... Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness is is literally about to happen. So yeah, it's a couple weeks from now. Yes, like I think less than a fortnight by the time you listen. To it this. is yes. By that I mean like the actual time of a fortnight, not a not, <laughs> not a, video, a match, not, not a match. Not the video Fortnite. games <laughs> featuring <laughs> featuring the Mandalorian and Wu Tang Clan and Rick. <laughs> and and Doctor Strange, I think. I, th- I think I feel like he keeps yeah, he was seeing one him. of the Marvel ones. Yeah, Doctor I, Strange and Fortnite. Yeah, I've, he is in there right see, now. See, there you go. There our, you our, go. One of our kids plays it all the time. So. Yes, and and they bug me about why I don't play it. And 
as a adult of a certain age, I feel like that game has gone beyond me in the sense yes. of I don't know what to do on it. Though they do have <laughs> apparently a mode called No Build, which I think I yes, could get more on board true. with that. It's it's trying to do a shooter and build as I'm doing a shooter that I think is my problem with that. Yes, they do have a No Build. Okay, maybe. Maybe eventually okay. there'll, there'll be a 99-second... Miss Kenny would love it if you would play with her. Yes, Miss Quinn. Miss Queenie. Um, speaking of Quinn, speaking of Harley Quinn, may or may not have been the origin for our child's name, we are going to move to <laughs> the Batman. Yes, segues of segues in this episode. So, Ellie, you saw this in theaters and also at home. Eric, I assume you only watched this on the HBO's. Yes. I only watched it on the HBOs, and I am happy because, one, subtitles were handy, and two... Yes, they were. <laughs> and two, I love the lighting in this movie, but also making sure I could turn the screen brightness up every now and then was a handy thing to have. Yeah. Because this movie is dark at points, both in concept and, of course, in, in actual visually dark. So... With that being said, I guess if we want to go into non-spoiler territory review, Eric, where do you land on this? I as no, someone actually, who... actually, Eric, we did our top, we, we did our favorite Batmans, and we had Ryan Cody of the illustrious gentleman on, also artist for D. I mean, um, also works for DC. He put this in an honorable mention, if we all remember correctly from that episode, Eric. Does this land in an honorable mention or does I, it break I, I, into top three? I'm still not sure about top three, but definitely would I would put this in one of my as one of my favorite overalls, Batman. Batman. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think Pattinson was great and uh, I liked him as Batman and I like Batman's portrayal in this movie. All right. All right. Awesome. So, sorry to cut you off right there, but I was like, wait. I do remember Ryan did mention this is an honorable mention, which is did huge. You say, did you say non-spoiler? Yeah. Okay. In case somebody's listening and they don't want us to spoil stuff in the movie. Are we doing spoiler? Yes. Later? Okay. You were scaring me there for a minute. I was like, are we doing an episode of non-spoiler? Right. <laughs> Ellie. I was really scared. I'm like, well, then I'm out. Folks, if you haven't <laughs> seen it, don't want spoilers. Come back to this episode after you watched. There you go. <laughs> Ellie. Yes. yes. You were not on the episode to discuss your favorite Batmans. I was not. Can but I discuss my favorite Batmans real Go quick? for it. You you have a top three and honorable mention if you want to do it right now. Okay. Um, top three, I would say Lego Batman is in my top three. I am ashamed that we all avoided that somehow because I think it's so great. It transcends. Oh my gosh. It's perfect. It transcends a list. Have you seen that, Eric? Lego Batman, the movie. Is he... Hello? Hello? hello. He's hello? blown yeah. away. <laughs> yeah. He, he's blown away by the, the sheer audio thought. Cut out for a second, and then I heard, hello? Hello? <laughs> <laughs> he was blown away by the sheer I, thought of Lego Batman. Have Eric, you... I have se I've seen the Lego... I've seen the first Lego movie, and he was amazing in that. I okay. still have not seen... Are you, were you asking if I'd seen Lego Batman, yeah, the movie? Yeah, I couldn't remember I, if you'd seen it or not. I have not seen it. I really want to. Oh. That, and it should be on HBO Max, I think. So I, I will I should, look I into that soon. while Ellie does her... Okay, so... Her breakdown my top three batmans definitely one of my top three would be the lego batman version of the animation show 
It's perfect. Wait, wait, I'm sorry, what? Of the movie, I mean, like Lego Batman from the movie. Okay, Lego Batman. Sorry, you said Lego Batman from the animation. You're talking about the animated series, and yes, Eric is correct. It is currently on HBO Max. Okay, so definitely. It's fantastic. Um, So that would be one of my top threes, probably. Um, Wow, this is hard. Not, Not Christian Bale. I don't, I don't think, think any, he made any. I don't think he made any of our yes. list. No, he, he doesn't. Um, <laughs> I, especially after watching this movie. This is going to play right. my hand, but I'm going to have to say Robert Pattinson. Okay. Yeah. No, that's that's fine. Yeah. Um, and three. Gosh, I like some of the older ones. It doesn't have to just be live action. I use comics. Oh, did you? Yeah, I used a few of the comics. Which, which. Uh, this uh, particular movie is heavily influenced by The Long Halloween and Batman Earth One and Batman Year One. Oh, well, I'll get with you after the show because um, if they're kind of influenced by that, I, I really liked this movie. So I, Okay, once again, <laughs> hold on. Yes. Some effects here. Um, everyone read Batman The Long Halloween. I see it. It's right in front. <laughs> I can see it. it is, he, he is actually holding it. It is phenomenal. Yes. Um, phenomenal. The phenomenal. Oh, I thought you were gonna have Eric enjoy it. Oh, oh, sorry. I was, get, I was getting. I, yeah, look, he was oh, getting okay. ready. To be part of this. All right, all right, all right. Fine, fine. We'll redo it, <laughs> Ellie. It's phenomenal. Yay! Yes. <laughs> also, it's Batman. Um, and I would say probably because I some of the older ones, Michael Keaton and all them, I can't pick one over the other i kind of liked all of them in their own right but so i'm probably gonna say batman from the court of owls Um, which this also takes some inspiration from. i absolutely love that that comic book um did i say oh i might have said that on mine it's amazing i didn't listen to your that episode so um but yeah it's um that whole story is just it's deep and it's just from beginning to end like that was a comic book um that you gave me to read mm-hmm. one time and i just ran through it like i didn't have any troubles getting through that um so those would probably be my top three okay so i think you might have showed your hand and your opinion of the movie now that we can <laughs> well get that's to that. what I, I said i'm probably showing my hand by picking him um honorable mention I don't know. I'm going to have to go with Michael Keaton. You can't. Why does no one mention Baffleck? So I, I'm going to have Shame. to go with Michael Keaton because, I, I mean, I still, I know the movies weren't like, you know, stellar, but they just, I still remember the soundtrack. Um, I still remember that, that song from Prince and Vicky Vale. I, I just... Like all everything about that original run, it's it's just really cool to me, and it brings back a lot of cool memories. Um, and I just so I would have to give him an honorable mention because that kind of started my love of just Batman in general. So I may need to go back and watch the original Batman. Movies ah, they're fun. Ah, they're fun. You know what? That that also sounds like movie thing we could do on Zygnus is go through all the Batman movies. Yes, I'd be, be down fun. for it. It'd be an excuse to go back because I haven't seen any of them. And actually, I, know, I never that's... saw Batman and Robin. I never saw Batman. Oh my and Robin. gosh! Yeah. But the other yeah. three I've seen before, and I have fun fun memories of. Them well, I mean, ways. 
you, you, you might live a longer and fuller life without seeing that, so, I mean... It's true, but, I mean, we can, we, but we're always looking for an excuse to get Phil Root on. So. <laughs> We'd have to do the, like, 1950 or 60 oh, no, no. movie, you, too. You, you gotta start oh, with absolutely. the Adam West. Yes. You gotta absolutely. start. Which I put as one of my top Batman. Yes. With, with the, the shark repellent and, yes, so... The bat <laughs> Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. <laughs> I was gonna say, you know what? He did a better job getting rid of some bombs than... The... <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> All right. So, this movie, my opinion, um, non-spoiler review, phenomenal, amazing Batman. Loved it. Loved yep. the Batman. But I'll get into, because Batman is a duality, and we do not have a duality in this movie. So, no. overall, I think, oh, actually, you know what I forgot to look up? Shame on me. I forgot to look up the tomatoes on this before we get into our actual discussion. Okay, so well, since I will all, look at the screen. Sorry, I won't cheat. Since since we all have seen the movie and we have the tomatoes, I, I accidentally typed the tomatoes instead of the Batman into Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> nice. All right. So, Eric. Where do you think this two-hour and 56-minute movie lands? <laughs> um, 86. Ellie. And certified fresh. Ellie. How, how, what, what, how, um, I, I've used sun-dried before. Um, yeah, you, you used a lot in the last movie. I, I feel, to, don't, don't British breakfasts sometimes have tomatoes randomly in them? For like no apparent reason. I, I'm not how, British. I how know. good is the salsa you are making for your chip and dip to watch this movie? How fresh are those tomatoes you are putting in that salsa? Oh. In your opinion for this movie. So you're talking about the critic review or the viewer review? I'm talking, well actually, ironically. How fr- do, you, do you think this is fresh? Do you think this is used more? Do you think this is something that might be... Sitting somewhere on a shelf and has been ignored for for far too long. Okay, I'm going to say I hope that it is extremely fresh. All right. Um, the current tomato meter, as of the time of this recording, with 465 reviews. By the way, we should get a sponsorship with them. Uh, toma- uh, rotten Tomato, not tomatoes in general. But <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd love a tomato sponsorship for us just to be sponsored <laughs> by I, tomatoes. If we're going to get... Like, free food. Can we please get something else? No, we gotta get tomatoes so I know everything to know how fresh these tomatoes need to be. But these tomatoes, Ellie, that amazing cilantro minus salsa you've made because Eric thinks it tastes like dish soap. Um, Okay. It it is true. Get get, get them on a cilantro and it will go on for hours. Possibly two hours and 56 minutes, but we don't have time for that. 86%. Oh! Did I get it on the dot? You got it on the dot. Nice. That is a, you, I did not. I swear to you, I did not look that up before. That is a <laughs> fresh tomato. I'm ex- I'm very happy with tomatoes today. That is a fresh tomato. I might eat a bowl of tomato soup and a grilled cheese just to celebrate. Now well, that sounds good to me too. Now, I know. <laughs> the audience score with over ten thousand verified reviews is eighty-seven. Good job, all. So that's why when you said, oh, this, that, I was like, oh, it's very close. I'm now, proud of you, audience. Sometimes you don't get it, but you got it this time. Now, this, is, this is like right on with the, with the critics. It seems yes. to be universally liked by everyone, which now, is good. Now, as a quick side note. Okay. 
Previously on a Zygnus episode, I'm sure we talked about the unbearable weight of massive talent. And that it was 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. That is, that is one fresh tomato. At the moment, it is 89%, so I am worried. But audience score is 87, so once again, okay. apparently... What are you talking about? The, 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 the Nick Cage movie where Nick Cage plays Nick Cage in a oh, Nick Cage adventure. I do adventure. want to see that. I, I want to point out, because for a while, it had the perfect 100% on one. That's fantastic. I do love so, me some Nick Cage, so... Well, we all love Nick Cage. Once again, daring Phil Rude to approach the podium again. Because <laughs> if, it's, if it's a Nick Cage movie, we're getting Phil Rude. That is a zingness. Oh, does Phil not like... I don't know. I don't know. But let's just go with what we're going to double wanna, down on this. I want to watch the one movie he's in. It's like mom and dad or the it's like the psycho thriller movie where yeah, he yeah, goes yeah. crazy and tries to kill his kids or something. I can't remember exactly. I remember seeing it one time. Well, I think you just divulged the entire plot of the movie. <laughs> Sorry. Perfectly. Thank you. Um, as for this movie. Okay. I... Okay, we're in spoiler territory. Yes. Which, I mean, there is stuff to spoil in this movie because it does spoiler. have, of course, the, the the crime drama, the 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 seven s twists and turns, and the and the big reveals and stuff. I do not feel like this movie was three hours. Thank you. I the only reason I was like. I checked the time on it was after the chase, that chase scene, which we'll get to. And I only checked it because I'm like, oh man, this, I, I didn't realize three hours flew by that fast. And I realized, oh no, this is still only halfway through the movie. <laughs> yes. So I was shocked by that. Eric, that chase scene was like on par with Fast and Furious. <laughs> it was crazy. Uh, Fast X, by the way. Fast X. Well, or X Fast. Or... <laughs> the Fast series. There the we fa- go. The Fast. Eric, did this three hours fly by? Did it slog by? Were, were you busy doing other stuff? No, I mean, I, did, I, I didn't think it flew by, but I didn't ever feel like I was. It, it was not a Eternals moment. Uh-huh. Where I was like, oh my God. Like, I didn't think it was. It felt like a three hour movie, but not. But like, in the sense of like, it was an epically told story. Yes. Yes. And I think that's the biggest thing for me with this is the way the story was told and the way it was done. It didn't, the, the, the weight of the movie's time did not bear down on it. It kept enough going that it had its, um, I guess if you want to say waves, it had its high and then low. It, I mean, and when, when I say low, I mean not like low points and it was bad. It's like, you had your lulls in between the bigger moments to let yourself catch your breath. <laughs> yes, exactly. I but, have a question about internals. Eternals. Uh, yes. Well, is that a super long movie too? I'll, I'll check to see how long it is. Okay, I, I feel was just like it, it's it's over three hours. Oh, is it? Oh my god. Okay. Yeah, it, and it feel and it feels like it's about three days. <laughs> it feels like it's actually eternal. In fact, I feel like I might still be watching. Two oh. hours. In 37 minutes. Wow, okay. Wait, I Eternals was... wasn't three hours? I. You might have felt like it was three hours. <laughs> oh my god. Are you kidding me? I swear to god I watched that for like seven hours. <laughs> Good awesome. god. Okay, I was just it, curious. It's... It... 
I swear that movie was three hours at least. It, I swear it, it feels was like, like it. It, it feels like it. I, I know exactly <laughs> oh, what you're that's talking so about. Funny. It's okay. it's it oh deals with so many uninteresting characters that they don't do anything to make you interested in. Which this movie doesn't do a lot of setup for the characters. It doesn't. It and does it not. works. And I love that. And it works because you don't need the setup for one and two. It's it's show not tell. If that makes any sense, like you get Jim Gordon's the good cop very yeah. quickly. Yeah. You get who Batman is. Yeah. I you, don't know. He liked to. He liked to. He liked to remind him that he was a good cop pretty often. Yeah. Well, I mean, he he had. To, I, he had to keep doing that. But but um. But yeah, you you do see it though. But the the thing I like is um, there's another movie or another story that exists prior to this one, because as it was established. Batman's been around for for like over a year and a half to two years. If 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 you caught it, they mentioned that he's been around yeah. for a little bit. Yeah, which is cool because you don't. But you don't get the origin story. You don't get the him right. trying. I mean, he still isn't a good Batman. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I know what you're saying. He's getting there. Yes. But I feel like this movie, um, Robert Pattinson did a phenomenal job as Batman. I don't know if it's actually one. I always imagine Batman being very tall because he's like 6'2 or something, which isn't, I mean, it's tall, but it's not super tall. Robert Pattinson, in every scene, seemed to be like, not towering over everyone, but seemed to have like a presence, yeah. which I liked because Christian Bale just was kind of just there. Um I'm saying this, I'm sure Christian Bale's like 6'7 or something ridiculous like that. I'll, I'll look up heights <laughs> in a second. Okay. Um, but I, I liked his presence. The only thing he didn't do a good job of... There, here's some negative coming at you, but it's it's there's a reason for it. He was not a good Bruce Wayne because Bruce Wayne was not a character in this movie. There was somebody named Bruce Wayne that had a presence, but he's not a character because Bruce Wayne doesn't exist yet which I think is a phenomenal setup for the next movie, is him becoming the presence in Gotham to where he's Batman at night, but Bruce Wayne during the day, both of them trying to help Gotham. This movie, and, and we've discussed this before, talking about how you know Bruce Wayne's secret, you know, Batman's secret identity isn't Bruce Wayne, it's, it's the Batman. other way around. Yeah. And this did a good, this, you're right, this did a, and this is something I was going to bring up, but yes, this did a good job of like I never felt I felt like anytime Bruce Wayne was on screen, it was Batman pretend to be. It was not Bruce Wayne. So I and I liked that. I liked that we we didn't see him being a a rich playboy going around and blah 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 blah. It's it was it was clearly him trying to suppress Batman underneath the skin of 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 a of a billionaire. All right, and, and, and okay, okay, everyone ready for this? Christian Bale is six foot exactly. Oh, nice. Robert Pattinson is six one, so I don't understand how I got like that. One of them was Weird. substantially taller than the other, but whatever, <laughs> whatever. It We're is pretty on with our numbers today. We uh, I we know maybe we should play the lottery. Uh, yep. Mm -hmm. the, we, zing we... the zing this lottery. Yes. <laughs> I, actually, real quick, how tall is Tom Hardy? Because now I'm interested. A five. Uh, a a modest. Five nine. You're just saying that because that's how tall you are. are uh, you my, my license says, but I'm pretty sure I'm five eight. <laughs> <laughs> so modest. 
Modest indeed. Yes, a modest five five nine. Um, but no, I mean, as Eric was saying, he he isn't like, and that's the thing I like about this is you don't have that duality because he hasn't created that duality yet. But there is a lot of hints that he needs to. Um, Alfred, who, by the way. I think was I, I I like him as not some old. Not... It's okay. I I didn't get to talk about how long I felt it was. Just, Ellie, how long do you, you think the you movie just was? Over me. So, and how tall do you think Robert Pattinson is in the movie? Um, six foot ten. I All right, guess. good. Yes. Good. Um, the sound it's of his. <laughs> the sound of his. Um. Okay. Can I just say really quick? I saw it in the movie. And, theater. In, in movie theater. And obviously when you're in a movie theater, you don't really have any other distractions. Not like when you're watching it from home. Um, but I was just so enthralled the whole time. I never once checked my phone to see what time it was. I just, I just thought it was amazing. And it was just, the pacing was perfect for me. I had no problems with it. Um, and I could have sat for another 30 minutes to an hour probably because I just was having such a good time with this. Um, and our one of our other daughters, she's not big into sitting and watching older, movies. Older ones. Yeah, by, one of our older way. ones. Yes. Um, she's not big into sitting and watching movies because they're like a couple hours at a time. And she, she was sitting there just like, I looked over at her a couple times and she was just, her eyes were glued. She was thoroughly entertained. So hats off to the movie makers that they thoroughly entertained a 15 year old for three hours. Twice. <laughs> yes. Twice. Yeah, because um, she sat and watched it with me last night. Too. Oh my God. Guess when, guess when Tom Hardy's birthday is. September 15th. Yes, it is. Oh, no, Eric, I was responding to Ellie, not to you. Oh. <laughs> ah, That's awesome. But um, We're the same. Me and Tom Hardy are the same. And I haven't even seen Venom, so... Your birthday's today? No. <laughs> um, but, no, and can I Oh just... my gosh, one of the questions on Google, is Tom Hardy a twin? I'm like, is he mine? Sorry, I'm 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 gonna click out of this because it's distracting me. You're at this ridiculous. Point. So, um, and the same thing when I was at home. Even though I have kids running around and my phone and everything, I still just sat there and I was like, I love this movie so much. But uh, speaking of presence, and I just wanted to jump off of that really quick when you guys were talking about, well, I guess more you um, about how much of a like bearing presence he has. Can we say how freaking amazing it was? That you knew he was coming because you hear, heard the butt, the boots, like the sound it makes yes. when he makes his mm. steps. I, <laughs> I just, I love that they really play on the fear aspect in most of the movie of him, um, and just showing the like he doesn't have to be there. Just the symbol like is enough to. I, I really like the narrative and also the showing of since he's established it's the the bat sim, the, the bat signal in the sky like cuz there were cuz there was the people spray painting where it rolled off like there right. there were so many moments where you thought oh he's going to enter here right and he never and he didn't but and they thought he was going to too and exactly. so it was the i like the whole like the light in the sky is usually meant for hope but it was meant for fear in mm -hmm. this movie 
And um, so I thought it was neat that they mentioned that. Uh, and, and like I said, just just the the few scenes where he comes out from the darkness, but you don't you hear him first before you see him and you're like, oh, he's coming because you can hear the boots. Um, I just I thought that was so cool. I just absolutely love that. So. Well, I liken this because in other, like, if this, I, I'm going to say if this was, let's say, a Christopher Nolan movie, it would have been, he would have just been, like, in, in the middle of all of them, like, right. all of a sudden. And yeah. But I think, like, him not taking the stealth approach, like, him being, like, walking in, like, announcing his presence is a bigger statement as... Yes, I loved mm-hmm. it. It was yeah. so Batman. amazing. Um, so, I, I, I like that with him. Mm-hmm. Um. Actually, I don't think there was a bad acting job or someone I didn't th- feel did a good job in this movie. I think everyone who was in this did a phenomenal job, in my opinion. Yeah, yep. yeah. Everyone, everyone was like, there, like, it, and I mean, it, and this is even a bad thing, but it's like one of those things where it's like, I wanted, I wish I could spend more time with like all of these characters, yes. hero and villain, because, yep. and and I'm glad, and they did, and and on top of that, and here, this is a testament to it. I want to. I wish we could have spent more time with all those characters, but I still think they did a good job of giving us enough. It wasn't like any character ever felt shafted either. We yeah. got exactly what we needed, and it gave us the perfect smorgasbord of of Batman characters in this interpretation. Yeah, and I, I I like I like the Penguin. I mm. like definitely one. If I need photographic evidence as well as meeting Colin Farrell. <laughs> Like and watching them put on all that, that makeup and so prosthetics. Cool. I, it just before made, I believe I, that was him. I, I read that he went to like when he first put it on. Um, he went to a Starbucks to see if anyone nice. recognized him. And not only did he said not only did no one recognize me, but I got a lot of looks. <laughs> so he he said people were clearly looking at him, and he clearly seemed like an imposing uh, standout figure. But no one was like, "Hey, are you Colin Farrell?" So. Uh, appar- to, to the, them. Apparently, um, in an interview, like Zoe Kravitz says that she still feels like she hasn't met Colin Farrell <laughs> because, <laughs> like, That's amazing because she said, like, on set, like he had all the makeup on everything, so she never really met Colin Farrell. She knows the Penguin, but right. she doesn't know <laughs> Colin Farrell. So that makeup artists uh, are just amazing to me that they can do that kind of stuff. It's just so cool. Well, it's yeah. that it's 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 the way it was acted. I I, yeah. I liked him as a character because Penguin always seems like someone in the comics is someone who's a criminal, but he's a kind of criminal that kind of keeps his hands clean. If that makes any sense, yeah. like yeah. he's mm-hmm. he's somebody that you believe. Like like Batman's like, oh, I'm gonna get you, and he's like, oh, you can't get nothing to stick to me. So. I, I felt like that's that's how he was, and he was still an underling of somebody else in this movie, right. technically. So, yeah. with the end of the movie, that leaves that power vacuum. But like I said, I really like that. I really like the, 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 the chase scene that, that was involved that. With was that was such a fun scene. I that was it. amazing. That was intense. Yeah, I can imagine. I can only imagine how that was on the big screen, too. I'm sure oh, it was even so more cool. Insane. I mean, just, just the whole, like, when he comes through the flames... Yeah. In the Batmobile, and um, and it pans over to the penguin's face of mm-hmm. pure terror. <laughs> I it was, and then you know, just the whole when he gets out and you can hear him walking again, and then the, where he like bends over and you can see him looking inside the car. It just, it was just, it was so amazing. So I, amazing. Yeah. 
I really liked in that scene. Like, there's a lot of really well done cinematography and really well done um, shots and stuff, which uh, I'm about to say something I'm probably going to mess up. So let me just double check to make sure I'm getting this right. Um, th this is amazing that, that this comes from the same person who gave a handicam to the most um, irreliable tripod slash person in Cloverfield because that was vomit-inducing <laughs> where all of these scenes were shot. God. Yes. <laughs> were shot uh, amazingly. Amazing cinematography, well done. Um, I don't think this was up for any Academy Awards, but next year I will mention it several times and wave a flag saying this movie deserves your recognition yeah. more so than possibly other Batman movies. Um, but no, I mean, I, like I said, the, the way stuff was shot, the way stuff was presented, there's a ton of Easter eggs in this movie that I can't even begin to get into. But we talked about, we talked about the, um, the Penguin. Mm-hmm. We have not discussed, and we talked about the Batman. What did you think of the Riddler, Eric? I like this take on the Riddler. Um, every other time we've really seen him, especially on the screen, it's, you know, hey, it's Jim Carrey or Frank Gorshin or whoever in a green jumpsuit with a bunch of question marks kind of looking yeah. kind of like he got it at Spirit Halloween. Um, I think this did a good job of making him more imposing and terrifying, especially when you see um, Paul Dano underneath it. I mean, we all, we've seen Paul Dano plenty of things. He always tends to play these sort of like meek, milquetoast characters. And he, when he puts that costume on, like he, when he puts it on, he's terrifying. But then seeing his like his his sort of like laughter to being caught and everything like that at the end, it's just overall he did a great job of portraying this very unhinged character but at the same time you know like it's 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 a case of one of those like you 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 sympathize with him he played a great terrifying but also sympathetic villain i mean he was he was going after the people who were corrupt um and so i thought overall he was a a great portrayal of the riddler and i thought overall in the pantheon of riddlers i i thought he was great I was very skeptical going in. I, I know there was a lot of people ahead of time when they showed the costume off. Everyone's like, that's not the Riddler. What the? I, I was fine with it. I thought it was a really great take on him. Well, it, ta it takes a lot from the uh, real the, the real world um, Zodiac. The Zodiac killer, yeah. Yeah, yeah who sent ciphers and stuff like that. Yes. I, mm -hmm. I, I, I like the fact that Alfred was uh was also helping batman with the ciphers that alfred just isn't some butler that's there that knows Batman's yeah. secret this alfred it's alluded to trained bruce wayne in combat and mm -hmm. everything which i like that and i like that he's helping him in the ways of like helping solve stuff which i guess michael kane did in the other ones i mean he was sort of just there as exposition dumps to each other between right. those two characters mm -hmm. where this one i feel he didn't have much like he wasn't doing a lot but he was doing enough if that makes mm -hmm. any sure. sense yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um so I, I i like this portrayal of alfred how he's there i like that batman is relying on 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 his his assistance everything i also like in this how it didn't focus on the gadgets like christian bale's one did if that makes any sense like there's yes, a ton no, of gadgets glad. but they don't focus on how he got like it's something to where it's like just you, you kind of roll with it because I, I like that like 
did he throw any batterings or anything in this? You're, you're thinking about it. Did, he did. I thought he once, did. Yeah. Because oh, yeah, it was the thing on his chest, right? Yeah. Yes. He has the, the bat symbol on his chest comes apart and he uses it as like a knife to cut something. He also uses it later too. Yeah. I like that aspect because the those metal things on his arms are throwing shurikens mm-hmm. or throwing darts. Right. So and and then the then the um of course the the gadget for the grappling hooks in his wrist and everything um a mm. la taxi taxi driver yeah the 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 gun reveal thing with that like I said yeah. I like that the gadgets weren't the focus it was the detect this is the most detective Batman we've ever gotten on the big screen and I loved it yes. I loved that. You saw him at the crime scene looking at stuff. And I think one of the big... And this was early in the movie. I think this was a great establishing moment. Where he was sitting there during the during the um, the mayor's murder. He was sitting there looking at that blood stain. And the police photographer came over and like saw that he had been looking at something and just took pictures of it. I like that yeah. aspect of he put that... And then that pays off later in the movie... When they find that carpet tool, he didn't know it was a carpet tool, but he knew it was the weapon used to murder the the um, the mayor because of the blood stain. Like, like I said, I love Detective Batman. That he's a detective first in this, and a like vigilante beat him up second. And I really, really enjoyed all that. And I also like how the police don't trust Gordon. Trust him, but the police don't, and everything. Also, there, there was a great scene with the, um, I thought you were going to pull your punch. I did. See, that amount mm-hmm. of comic-y stuff was fine. It wasn't over the mm-hmm. time. It wasn't, I'm not wearing hockey pads. It wasn't that level of goofy, but it, it, it was just enough. Um, Eric, do you have any favorite moments you want to point out? We already talked about so many of them. Um, I So I actually really liked... Just the whole, like, you think the the Riddler has been caught. You think it's good. Mm. Once the actual bombs go off, that took it to this whole new level for me. Because I feel like a lot of times we see Batman going up against, like, a specific character. Yeah. And this time it was like Batman going up against a terrorist attack. It was kind of like a 9-11 meets Hurricane Katrina. Yep. Because, and when that happened, I when he realized what was getting ready to happen, I was like, there was this little part of me that goes, please don't let this movie all of a sudden get to this whole chase where Batman has to try and defuse all the bombs and he does it. And, and then when it was like, oh, no, this is happening right now. And then the explosions start and it was and then, of course, everything was going on with like the mayor's election. It was just sort of like, oh, oh, this is going places. And I thought for me, that was just like um, it was just so intense. And I like the aftermath of it too. kind of seeing the newscast where it was like the national guard is in Gotham city, but then Batman is there in costume helping the national guard, um, rescue people. And it was one of those things where I'm like, I'm maybe in, in the vast array of comics over the years, there has been that, but to see him actually in public helping, uh, the military with, with rescue, uh, I really enjoyed that. I just thought that was just an intense. And I know there's like more than one moment, but it's kind of like a, 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 the kind of the climax of the movie. I just thought it was a really interesting situation to see Batman in that we don't often get to see him in, in like movies and TV shows. Ellie. Yeah. 
I think we. I, th- I don't. I did, did. Did you have your opinion on the Riddler? <clears throat> no. What's your opinion on on the Riddler? Um, I'm gonna be honest. When I first started the movie, I was like, uh, I, I really did. When I did first see it, uh, I mean, when I first the beginning of the movie, I was like, uh, I don't know if I'm feel. I mean, he's a great actor, but I don't know if I'm feeling like the way it's going for this character. Um, but no, by the end of the movie, I was like, this is awesome. I mean, you really got the sense that he was bat crap crazy. I mean, he really just seemed like off his rocker. He was amazing. Um, I do love that final scene when him and the Joker were. Or a, a Joker-like character. Yes, him and the Joker-esque character. Oh, it's the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> um just just seeing that quick little scene where they, like they meet each other and they're talking and then they start laughing the two of them I was like oh my god this is so cool and the joker if it the joker quotation fingers Thank sorry you. zinger um like the side profile like with his mouth he looked mm-hmm. freaking terrifying like yeah. a whole different style than we've really ever seen on the screen so I'm I'm just so freaking excited and I cannot wait. We'll, we'll talk about what we want to come next. Yes. Okay. So um, at the end. But yeah, yeah. I, I loved after seeing the whole performance. I absolutely appreciate and love what he did, and I think it was really original and it was it was cool. So I like the the psychoticness of him with the oh, whole. Yeah. He thought Batman and him were working together. Right. Oh yeah. And it's like no, you're not. And then the other thing of the reveal of, oh, you didn't figure it out. Mm-hmm. Right. I thought you were... Like, that moment, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's good. Like, I like that moment right. of that reveal with that. It was great where the the Riddler one thinks he has somebody that's working with him. That's destroyed. And then not only that, he's like, but you weren't even a intellectual match for me because you didn't figure out my final thing well and that's the thing i liked too is like i would have been really disappointed if it was the typical movie storyline to where the good guy gets the bad guy like like you said i i liked that like you had the moment where he thought he was heartbroken like he was like defeated and like what the heck and then he immediately bounces back and mm-hmm. was like, forget you. Actually, you know, so I did like that, that it didn't just end with him sitting there, you know, being all down in the dumps and like, oh, I, I lost kind of thing. So, yeah, that was great. I thought that was really good. Um, So, real quick, I want to ask this. I'm going to go to you, Ellie, first. Oh, okay. Did he know he was Bruce Wayne? Did the Riddler know that Batman was Bruce Wayne? I'm going to say no. Eric? I'm going to go with no. There's the fake out. I, but I don't think ultimately he knew. I'm going to go with no as well. I, I think, I mean, I, I think the whole point is it's a false Yeah, lead. you think he knows. Because yeah. yeah. Bruce Wayne. Mm, yeah. It's like, oh my God, he figured <laughs> it out. And then he's like going around. I was like, oh wait, no. 
I don't think he did. (laughs) And you can even see it in Batman's eyes. Like, Batman thinks that he knows. And then he goes, oh, wait, he doesn't know. (laughs) I also... (laughs) Keep your mouth shut, Bats. (laughs) And that's another thing in this movie. Batman doesn't talk a lot in in certain scenes. He just kind of sits there and people respond to him. Mm -hmm. And I like that. That what he, like, he very rarely talks at points in the movie. He just kind of sits there and says stuff and looks around. Right. Also, the super weird um, eye camera stuff was also freaky, which <laughs> kind of came and went very quickly in the movie, but had its moments, which I liked. Um, the quote-unquote love story. I feel we got to talk about that because I heard you arguing with, um, our older one about oh, that during it. I thought it was perfect. It it, it was it was there enough for me yes. that it was fine. Yes. Yeah, so it wasn't overpowering. It wasn't something that took away. It was enough of a, uh, uh, I guess a cat playing with a mouse. Is that? Well, I'm just I'm just gonna say this, being the female um, point of view. Thank you. Um, there's I'm not a big rom com person. Um, and I haven't seen The Notebook, and I haven't seen all the Fifty Shades Grey. <laughs> well, I haven't seen any of them, excuse me. Um, I'm not, it's just not my thing. And you like Twilight because of the weird vampire werewolf yes. thing, okay, not because so, of the love story. Okay, sorry. Well, yeah, that's not a rom-com to me, so that's why I didn't mention that. Um, yes, so I love the Twilight movies, I'll admit it, I don't care. But yes, it's not because of the love story. I just love the seeing the really cool scenes with the vampires and the wolves and the, all that good stuff. The supernatural aspect of it. But um, and I have read the books and they are actually pretty decent. Yeah. But um, the there's a lot of movies in the action, uh, sci-fi, fantasy ca- categories that they ruin the movie because they feel like they have to put that like yeah. love story in there um and this was perfect everyone that is familiar with just batman in general knows about this epic like love connection uh between batman and catwoman um and it's played differently in different series different movies different comic books they kind of play it differently um, about their relationship, but I thought this was great. Uh, I loved her as Catwoman. I thought she was phenomenal. Um, she played the character perfectly, and you mean you... perfectly, yes, ah. perfectly. Um, but I thought it was wonderful, and it and it really showed the like tragic kind of story about their kind of relationship, and in a different time and a different place. Possibly they could have worked, but they they know that they're in different um, kind of parts of their life right now. Yeah. And he knows he has a duty, and I think she realizes it too, even though she wants him to be with her. But I just, I thought it was great. It was sprinkled in there just enough to where you really felt it and you enjoyed it. Um, but it wasn't, like, forced. Yeah. You know, they it so... I thought it was great and it was perfect, but yes, our our um, fifteen year old was like she she's selfish because she likes Batman and she thinks Batman should just be alone, so that you know, <laughs> she, <laughs> Batman is her her man. Um, but it's a close tie between him and Spider Man because she loves Spider Man too. But mm. but um, but yeah. So and she was arguing about it because she was like, Ugh, 
I don't need to see them kiss. It's ridiculous. But I, I thought it was. I thought it was just enough, and I I thought it was perfect. So Eric, perfect. In the famous words of a of a reviewer of movies and discusser of podcast, Ellie said, "It's just enough." Do you feel that the love story in this was just enough? I, I, yeah, I agree with everything Ellie said. Um, I think that when you get Batman and Catwoman and anything comic movie tv show whatever you're gonna expect some sort of sexual tension between them whether it's just some flirtiness or something more serious so i would i kind of went in expecting it was going to be like that and i think they handled it well they didn't focus too much on it uh it was just enough that especially in the grand scope of things i think this is one of those aspects where they really played up who catwoman is in general as a character uh they played to her strength in terms of the batman story and mythos um i thought it was i thought it was fine i think they handled it too well or not too well i think they handled it well by not focusing too much on it just enough yes i i like them giving the personal aspect of she's apparently falcone's daughter yes mm-hmm. i i, I yeah. like that i mean i don't know 100 percent all of catwoman's backstory stuff so is that something that could have existed somewhere in the comics i'm sure it might but it's something that works for this movie enough to give her personal stakes and to give her motivation outside of I just want to be a cat burglar. Yeah, and and just to off of their relationship, I absolutely loved the scene where um, the the like arena area that that was starting to get flooded, mm-hmm. um, and you can see this the pan of seeing her down at the bottom, and she sees that he's in trouble. Um, and her like trying to come to his aid. Um, and she's like, I got you. Rely-. I, I just, you could just see how much she cares for yeah. him in her eyes. Like it was, I thought it was a great moment. Um, and then of course that leads to, you know, the turnaround where he's like almost starting to kind of pass out. And then he sees that she is in trouble and he does the Okay, okay. I actually found out online what that was. Okay, Ellie, what do you think it was? I mean, I feel like it's supposed to be kind of like what we had talked before. I feel like it's supposed to be the same stuff um, as the the, the Venom. Venom stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's what I feel like it is alluding to, but... Eric! That that was what I thought too, because they just they just kind of brushed over it. But that was kind of my thought as well. Apparently, according to the art of the Batman, okay, which is apparently a like conception art and all that stuff, it was an epinephrine, yeah. or like a kind of an adrenaline shot thing. Okay, I it mean that makes sense. It was not venom okay per se okay i thought that but that's kind of what they were hinting at but I, then... I think it was meant to be that but not it's one of those things i think they're leaving it ambiguous well enough. The, the reason why i was kind of going back and forth with that is because i feel like if it was venom that it would have been harder for him to come down like because you know what i'm saying like i know he has a big relationship with gordon but like gordon just was like just for, only had to say a couple words, like, and the, he calmed down. But I feel like if it was truly Venom, he would have still been in kind of rage mode. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, like I said, I think they, like I said, it wasn't stated in the movie 110%. Right. Because technically there was a scene with him talking to the Joker-esque individual at Arkham that didn't make it in the movie. And it's the whole up in the air of, 
is that technically something that happened, just we didn't see it, or is that something that since it's not in the movie, it doesn't exist? Okay. So it was supposed to be him going to the joke to the Joker esque individual and talking to him oh. about tracking a serial killer or something. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, and so. you know, le- leaving it ambiguous like that, they can. If they want to use that as a plot thing in the future, they, they can. Could. But if they don't, yeah. then they can just use it as, oh, it was it was adrenaline. It was an epipen. So, plus, yeah, they can kind of use that to, it, to set up things or not set up things. Plus, it's coming from an art book, which everyone will swear by, like, the Star Wars ones and stuff like that. But it's like, it it's there. And as we know with continuity, it can it's technically fluid right. to an extent. Um, I just, like I said, me seeing that, I immediately was like, that's Venom. And then seeing the explanation of it, I was like, "Oh, eh, I think whatever. it's because of the color. I mean, it's per- it was purposely that color. I think, right? Kinda... Yeah, it's one of those things. It's like you could have made it any color. <laughs> I know that's what like I was you saying. knew what you were doing. <laughs> like this movie knows what it's doing most yep, of the time. I agree. Um, and and no, I I very and going back to the Riddler stuff, I really liked all the riddles. I thought the like it's just psychotic enough and everything also a lot of the cards are homages to other batman villains possibly because i watched too many breakdowns of this in so in the end we are left with a flooded yes um basically everybody leaving gotham is either corrupt or dead or just elected and shot <laughs> right <laughs> where do you see where do you want the next movie to go, Eric? Well, I think we're gonna be stuck in the aftermath of what happened. Um, mm-hmm. I think anytime, and we see this in the real world, anytime there is some sort of disaster, that is always a breeding ground for some sort of corruption. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is going to play into that. That now, what now, what it is, I don't know. We've already seen a lot of seeds planted with Joker, the quote-unquote Joker, meeting Riddler. Uh, Penguin's still out there. Um, Catwoman is just, she rode off on her motorcycle. She can come back. They can bring any of these villains back. But, I mean, Batman has such a big pantheon of, uh, a big rogues gallery. I mean, that could lead to anything. I I like, now, one of the things, and it's so weird. One of the things uh, I didn't like about the Christian Bale movies was how how grounded in reality it was. That being said, I I think this one is grounded just enough that I I don't think we're gonna see like Killer Croc or Clayface, but I, it, maybe it would we could, but at the same time I also like how they stuck to him being such a, a detective that I don't think he needs any of those more fantastical villains that he's faced. So um, really, I, I I I would like to maybe see I don't know where where I'm going with all this. I'm I'm just thinking out loud, but I guess I'd like to see some sort of corruption happen because of this disaster. And something happens, and I like to see Batman trying to navigate this, this just this next case um, of his set, set amidst the, the recovery of this. Because, as someone pointed out on Twitter, they're like, I like how this isn't an origin story. This isn't a big epic crossover. This isn't a big fantastical thing. This is, det- this is a week in the life of Detective Batman. Mm-hmm. And I want to see more of that. Mm-hmm. And if it's set in the backdrop of a terrorist attack disaster, then I think that will make it even more interesting for me. All right. Ellie, you you are given the 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 screenwriter's pen or typewriter because as we all know, um, all movie scripts are still done on a typewriter. It's 
one of the old ones where you press and the keys come up and everything. Uh, a stenographer's keyboard. Oh, yes. God. Um, so just really quick, because I think we kind of have to talk just for a second about the finals, the, you know, the him going in um, with the falling into the water. Oh, the, the rebirth. Yeah. Oh, God, we did miss that, yeah. that whole symbolism thing. Yeah, you guys are crazy. Uh, so, um, Dang it, Eric, we got to go back. Um, I just, just, just a couple minutes. I I just love that whole thing where, you know, he knows it's going to electrocute him, but he, he, you know, cuts the thing and he falls in the water and he goes over. And I liked the, that it was the kid first that took his hand Mm -hmm. because they kind of, um, they kind of hinted that throughout the movie. Yeah. Um, you know, with him seeing him at the crime scene and. Looking at him again in the the um, funeral. V- yes, f- the funeral and saving him um, there, and you know, and you know, it's it's showing that all these adults are, you know, set in their ways. They have their opinion, but it takes someone like that kid that you know makes that first connection. So I thought that was a really cool moment. I really did like that, and it was a neat scene. The seeing them where it's like basically red. All you can see is kind of like the red and black hues, and he's leading them. Um, mm-hmm. It was just kind of a, a cool looking scene. Um, so I just wanted to mention that I really did like that that scene. It was neat. Um, and you know, you're kind of sitting there going, "Okay, so this is where he's going," and you kind of get an impression of what you're gonna see of him in the future. So it kind of leads to this conversation. Okay. Um, but I mean, you, mine, mine goes in a different direction, but similar themes. Okay. Um, but if you want to talk about that now real quick, and then I can talk about what uh, The only thing I was going to say is, that, that, and I don't know how I forgot to mention this, he refers to himself as vengeance the entire movie. Correct. Yes. And what happens when they, when he, they unmask that one vigilante? <laughs> he says, I'm, I'm vengeance. Yes. Which... Batman in this movie, I think the transition is he goes from somebody who is focused on his vengeance to someone who needs to bring hope to everything. I'm going to put a pin there for you to talk, Ellie, because my thing, Lee, what I want to see in the sequel or what I'd like to see them do leads on Batman becoming hope in the city. Right. And that's that's what I'm saying. So where do you want this to go? I mean, the same thing. Pinpoint, pin in my conversation. Go ahead, Ellie. Okay. So, for me, um, I, I mean, I, I, I'm selfish because I kind of liked the Vengeance Batman. I thought it was kind of neat. I liked him brooding and I, I liked all of that. Um, so, I kind of want it to be another movie because I want it to be the Court of Owls. And he definitely has some struggles in the Court of Owls. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. So... You know, in the Court of Owls, he's still kind of struggling between, like, <laughs> what is he? Yes. Like, wh- what does he want? What kind of person is he? What does he want to be? Who's so, Batman? Who's Bruce Wayne? Exactly. All of that comes into play. In so, Who I, are the Waynes? This is what I want. I want the next movie to be the Court of Owls. Okay. And then the third one, he can be more into the hopeful path. <laughs> but I don't think he's quite I, there No, yet. I think they can do both. I want to be Court of Owls. But I want the reason the Court of Owls go after him is because he steps up as Bruce Wayne to help the city. But he's not quite there yet. That's no, what I'm because saying. I think they set that up in this movie. Everyone telling him, yes. you know, you need to be Bruce Wayne. The mayor, the mayor, mayoral candidate pulling him aside and being like, you could really help. 
him stepping up after this crisis to help rebuild the city while he's stepping up to help with this and to be actually Bruce Wayne helping the city during the day while being Batman at night, the Court of Owls, is, who has been running the city secretly, is trying to take back over or trying to reestablish themselves and Bruce Wayne's activities are interfering. That's where they come in. No, and I I understand that and I agree with that. I'm saying, but I I think he is doing it out of, he feels this is what he needs to do, but I don't feel like his mind is quite there yet. And that's the whole point is he's got to come to his terms that this is what he is supposed to do because it's the right thing to do. Well, in traditional superhero movie sequels, you got to have them give up the mantle for a while. Because I think if we do that, a la Spider-Man, a la... I, I guess Iron Man 2 had a moment where he gave... I don't I don't know. Whatever. Anyways, <laughs> where um, the, the MCU movies don't really count with this. But Spider-Man 2, where it's where it's the, I don't want to be Spider-Man anymore. Right. Um, Why did you give him that voice? Because that know. was definitely not a Spider-Man voice. <laughs> I'm Spider-Man. I'm Spider-Man. Um, <laughs> so, I'm Bruce Wayne, Spider-Man. Um, so yes, that's where I wanted but, to go, though. But him maybe thinking... I can't be Batman to save the city. I got to be Bruce Wayne and then possibly thinking again. I, I don't know. that it's, it's cliche, but cliches work for a reason. I think they should go that direction with it of him trying to develop Bruce Wayne and that inner turmoil, turmoil between Bruce Wayne and Batman that we didn't technically have in this because Bruce Wayne doesn't exist. Yes. So... so that would make me happy. That's where I wanted to go. That's why I, I, I agree with you with the Court of Owls. I just think they should go at it with a different direction of him trying to, like, see if Bruce Wayne can do more help than Batman But can. the thing, sorry to go back and forth, because I could talk about the Court of Owls all day. But the thing with the Court of Owls is, though, he really goes to a dark place. Like, he struggles. Like, so, I, I mean, I can see if they do a little bit of the Bruce Wayne thing and to start it off. But he, well, I mean, in the Court of Owls, it involves him being Bruce Wayne trying to help the city and the Court of Owls being like, yeah, no, you're not going to do that. But I want to see that true despair, like I said, because it's it gets. Pretty... Oh, wait, you mean, you mean Batman being broken? Oh, man, it's it gets pretty, pretty good at one point. So I want to if they do it, I want to see that. I want to see that. on, And I think Pattison can I, I think he could do it just based off of what we've seen. So, OK, um, I, I guess final thoughts. Uh, is Robert Pattinson good? Is 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 he a good actor? Yay or nay? Because we've ironically discussed two movies that he is involved in: um, Batman, The Batman, and of course, The Twilight. Um, so, La did did Twilight define him, or do you think this is the more <laughs> defining role for him? Um, Cedric Diggory defined him. No, I'm just disgusting. Uh, no, I mean, he was fun in Twilight, but no, he did not really show his really well-honed acting skills in the Twilight movies. I think he did a phenomenal job in this movie. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm very proud of him for that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think this one definitely, um... Has any, probably not, but I'm just going to ask anyway. Has anyone ever seen um, Remember Me? No, I know of it, but I have not seen it. Okay, or Water for Elephants? 
yet. No, I haven't seen that. Okay. There, there, there will be continuing dead silence from my side, so, by the way. So no, can, but, continue listening. Okay, so what I'm trying to say is I think the reason he was given the opportunity for this role is because he has had some pretty good movies in the past. I, I Remember Me it was a movie that I was freaking ugly crying at the end of it. It was really bad. Um, and I thought Water for Elephants was really sweet, too. So he has some other movies that I think he did a phenomenal job in. Um, you know, in some smaller roles and movies like Inception and that kind of thing. So he... Um, I I, th- I think he's well deserved to have the title of he's a good actor. I, Eric, go ahead. I I agree. I agree. I I think in this movie, it really in my eyes, I I finally got past the whole. Even though he's done other things, and I know that he's done other like fantastic roles. This was this for me uh, got past got him past the whole Twilight thing. So I think that is definitely a a big part of his career. And it's the thing that I think sticks out to a lot of people, despite the other stuff that he's done, even like Cedric Diggory. But I do think this, this from in my eyes really solidified him as an actor that I really like. And I'm very curious to see what he does with this role going forward. And I'm interested. I do want to go back and see some of these other movies now that, that Ellie just recommended. So yeah, I think, I think he's great. I good job in this. And I think overall he's a good actor. Um, I've heard that if, I mean, prior to this, I heard if you ever want to see him in something that will make you rethink, you know, him as an actor, see the, um, the lighthouse. Yes. I've had multiple people recommend the lighthouse and I really, really, really want to see it. Which is Batman versus, um, the green goblin. Yes. Technically. (laughs) If if, if you want to boil, I don't don't know if they actually are against each other, but I mean, sure. Why not? I don't don't think I've seen that one. So I'll have to check that one out. Um, I, I know that there's a part where he, where someone beats the living crap out of a seagull. I know that oh. happens. Oh. So, Oops. I mean. <laughs> okay. Uh, sorry, spoiler alert. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's that movie. Uh, also for the tomatoes, that's a 90%. That's a, once again. Wow. Certified fresh. Okay. Um, as a quick side note, since Ellie has spoken about it enough and it kept ringing a bell in my head, um, Go back, by, by the way, for, for people who listen to the podcast, understand that we have done 302 episodes plus We did plenty. talk about the Court of Owls. Yes, we did. I, I wanted to did. look to see when that was. Yeah. You'd have to go back to January 16th of 2017, <laughs> oh, episode God. 12 of Zingness. And I talked about how much I loved that comic at that time, too. <laughs> yes. So that is flashing all the way back yeah. to... To then, um, if I'm remembering correctly, that would have been two episodes after Eric came on for the first time. I don't know why. Actually, it would be, be it probably be before because I was on in March of that year. Okay. Because of when the switch came out. Yes. But around that time, around my first Zing disappearance. Yes, I I thought you were in episode ten, but I might just be thinking of something. Like I said, I, as I said to some other podcasters recently, once you get to a certain number of episodes. It's it, it becomes a did we cover that when oh, was that I, I don't I know. I remember us covering that. I, I yeah. thought we did too. The yeah. The funny thing is, in a quick behind the scenes for this show, and I think we mentioned this before. Me and Ellie have a lot of nerdy discussions off mic. Me and Eric do too, as a side note. But the podcast origins were why don't we record our nerdy discussions? Yeah. yeah. So there is tons of stuff that I don't know if it ever made it to air, as you saw earlier with me discussing. <laughs> Because we're always talking about stuff. Yes. Yeah. 
Uh, needless to say, I want more from this Batman. Don't make it an expanded universe. Don't try to tie it into anything else. Just DC needs to focus on making good standalone movies. Because they've done a good job with that. Oh, DC, yeah. I give them much props because this one was phenomenal. This one's phenomenal. Yep. I, I know it's technically tied into other stuff, but um, um, Suicide Squad, great. Um, Peacemaker, great. Eric, did you ever watch Peacemaker? Uh, I don't think I we ever watched that one. I watched the first episode and I, li- I really liked it. I just I, I was watching like three other things at the, at the time, so it kind of fell by the wayside, but I know... The first season is over, and I really want to go back and. Oh, it's it. worth it! It is so worth it. If nothing else, yeah. for that opening theme song, which one of my the, the coworkers opening theme song is amazing. <laughs> which, which one of my coworkers? We will be sitting there at lunch, and he'll be like, "Oh man, check out this video I found," and it's always the opening to it. And he get, <laughs> and he tries to get me with it every time, and it's 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 great because it I'm, it's it's a great opening, great thing. It's just one of those things that. I've, I have the song like burned the, the beginning of that song burned in my brain because like it's like oh man I found this picture online is is, is this what you're talking about and he'll turn his phone around and it will be the opening to that speaking <laughs> of theme song I loved the the like one that they kept playing in this one. Oh, the, the score for this oh you mean the um, Nirvana song I'm just saying that yeah the one that they keep playing throughout the yeah. Um, I, th- I thought it was this. Th- uh, sorry. I always get note. it stuck in my head. Side <laughs> note for for flashing back to old Zygnus stuff that we can't get over. Uh, the score for this was phenomenal. Uh, by the way, I thought the music was really well done and really well placed in this. Yeah, I, don't know if I liked else. it. Because yeah, oh, music was fantastic in this. Very atmospheric. Yes. Now we we could get into once again a longer discussion on the difference between sound design and sound editing in this movie. Yeah, which, I definitely would need a tutorial because I'm not. The oh, best I, with that. we we all need tutorials on that. But as Eric always points out, this could possibly win for either of those at the Academy Awards. Eric, I I would love to. I, I'm sorry, everyone. We had to actually cut the three hour discussion Eric had of um the difference between sound design and sound engineering. What what? Okay, what what are the categories again? So there's sound mixing and sound editing. Sound mixing is what is done on set, and sound editing is what's done in post-production. Oh. Okay. <laughs> okay. Make sure everyone realize that was Justin doing that. I, I thought it was interesting. Thank you. Um, no, I mean, I, I just want to point out, because as we've done with other movies, we never talk about the score, and a leading comment of older episodes was, you guys never talked about the music and how phenomenal it was. So we have talked about that. Um, anyways, I, if you have some thoughts on this movie and whether you think, um, our Pattinson's a good actor or not outside of some sparkly vampire stuff, um, <laughs> please let us know You're in, so in, mean. in the comments on Facebook, on Instagram, on the Twitters. Uh, you can of course find us with all that with Zygnus, except for Instagram where it's Zygnus podcast. Uh, Eric, where can people find more from you? <laughs> And I, before we go on, can I make one last kind of funny but kind of serious statement about this movie? I, I, I Ellie's nodding. I'm nodding awesome. too. You you can't hear it, but we're nodding. I can't. I can't. I, I can. I can hear the nods coming through now. Okay. So I wanted to make that. I, I I thought about this after the fact. It kind of is a joke, but this Batman movie actually reminds me. It echoes a lot of things that we see in the. And I'm not kidding the 1966 batman movie slash series because we have oh in i know batman, where you're going in, in, in the 66 batman movie we had joker 
Riddler, Penguin, and Catwoman. We have all four of them in this movie. We have a Batman who is like actively working with the police. He's not like in the shadows just talking to Commissioner Gordon. He's working with the police. Um, and then we have Batman in the nightclub, and that's basically the Bat Tuesday. So um, <laughs> there was one other one, and I'm blanking on it, but there was one other thing, and I kept going, is, is as tonally different as this movie is from that series, I absolutely am seeing some parallels to the 66 Batman, which, as I stated in our Batman episode, it's like my favorite. I love the 66 Batman series, as cheesy as it is. I absolutely love it. So that's, I think, another reason why I love this so much. So anyway, just, just a few little parallels that I picked up on. Uh, but yes, you can find me at Eric Berg and at Backlog Berg. All right. Awesome. Um, we will, of course, be back next week with another nerdy topic. If you need more from Zingness, you can, of course, check out the, as we stated, over 300 other episodes. Go check out the Court of Owls. Yes, go, go check out episode 12. I'm sure the audio has <laughs> hopefully improved. Um, you can also find more from us on Patreon as well, where um, my biggest thing recently is doing the 99-second reviews of different things, so check that out. I might be putting one up for What If. Maybe I finished watching What If. Maybe I'm about to finish watching Loki and getting caught up on all my mcu um tv spe not tv specials um limited series so definitely go check that out uh of course all the links down below and we'll see you next week with another i'm vengeance Ruin the show!